0: there and welcome to episode two of technologic one that we're calling war and social media and what a time it is to get into that given what's happening right now in ukraine in our last episode i touched on this by covering what i felt was the importance of the smartphone camera over the last decade you know in telling stories and providing a window into seminal moments in time russia's invasion of ukraine is playing out daily on social media you might be doom scrolling on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, or whatever other platform you tend to use when it comes to gathering information, or maybe you're not. But if you are following what's going on with that conflict, you've probably come across a deluge of stuff on there. Not just photos and videos, but also announcements, proclamations, accusations, all sorts of innuendo and opinion that people just across the world are posting. I think it's important to preface all this with an old adage that always rings true with war, which is that truth is its first casualty. In other words, don't necessarily believe everything you see, hear, or read. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I don't do conspiracy theories. I'm just stating a fact that has been true of all conflict going back to the beginning of time. The difference is that they didn't have social media back then. Can you imagine what Twitter or TikTok would be like or would have been like during the American War for its independence or like World War One or World War II? How about the various wars that brought independence to different countries as we know them today? Even though those conflicts were separated by many years and under differing circumstances, they all used similar tools to affect the outcome. I mean, wars, they're not just fought on the battlefield, they're psychological, with intelligence and propaganda being the weapons to either win over hearts and minds or to intimidate and co-opt the enemy into submission. In The Art of War, Sun Tzu, the storied Chinese general, observed that it was possible to win a battle or a war before even fighting it. He wrote this over 2,000 years ago, noting that, quote, all war is deception, unquote. He was right, because some of the most successful campaigns in military history had a strong element of deception to them. As an example, troops who made it ashore in Normandy on D-Day, they made it because the Germans were fooled into thinking that the main assault was actually coming in the Pas de Calais area, which was the shortest point across the English Channel. They were also afraid to wake up Hitler that morning, to issue orders, but that's a whole other story. It was a combination of literal dummy troops, inflatable tanks, bogus radio traffic, and fake espionage that helped sell the whole charade that another entire army was waiting to head over. I can only imagine how much social media would have thrown all that into chaos, making it impossible for Germans occupying France to figure out what the hell was happening, not to mention the Allies needing to keep everything under wraps. But it's not 1944 it's 2022 and what we're seeing right now is a war that many across the world are following from social media feeds much like in the past where legend would intersect with reality or lies would supplement kernels of truth social media is really following the footsteps of those tried and true methods of trying to beat the other side you know it's that old thing we call the fog of war like what's actually really happening who is whom Is that language translation on point? Well, the basics are true enough. The war is real. There's no doubt about that. Ukrainians are fighting to fend off the Russian invasion. The sound of bombs and gunfire aren't made up. Civilians are holed up in metro stations and basements. Refugees are fleeing to neighboring countries to save themselves and their families. That kind of content isn't hard to see because it's what media outlets have plenty of access to. They're telling those stories every day. Where things get confusing is with the men and women doing the actual fighting. I've seen countless videos showing all kinds of things. Firefights, burned-out vehicles, explosions, prisoners of war calling their mothers, dead soldiers, charred corpses, and of course the audio from Snake Island, where Ukrainian defenders were thought to have been killed. The Snake Island situation is a good example of the fog of war. Everyone from the Ukrainian government, media outlets, and your average social media poster all assumed the 13 Ukrainian troops on that island had perished from a Russian attack. The words... Russian worship, go F yourself, echoed across the world as a rallying cry against aggression. The spirit behind those words was such that those troops were all all but evangelized as martyrs. It turns out that they were actually captured and are alive as prisoners of war. Now, when I came across that news, I first wanted to make sure it was true. And once I verified it, I breathed a sigh of relief that they weren't dead. I still don't know exactly how they were captured. Too many erroneous reports involving some civilian ship intercepted by a Russian warship. I mean, I just have no idea. And we likely won't even know until this war ends. In journalism, one of the first things we learn is to get it right. Even if you're not going to be first to break the story and get the info out. But in war, that's objectively hard to do. And so you get conflicting reports and hearsay that is often tough to confirm. For example, I was fascinated when I saw a headline. I came across a headline that claimed that 5,000 so-called contractors on the Russian side in Belgorod, a city very close to the Ukrainian border, had mutinied by refusing to cross the border because they claimed or they said it wasn't part of their contracts. Media outlets didn't really pick up on the story, but it made waves on Twitter in particular. I looked into it as much as I could, but it was impossible to be sure that any such thing actually happened. I'll give you another one, the Ghost of Kiev. This refers to a fighter pilot, that has allegedly shot down, I don't know, I mean, I've seen six, sometimes ten Russian planes. I have no idea who the pilot is, or if those numbers are even accurate. Whoever this guy is, if he's actually one man, or representing a collection of fighter pilots for Ukraine's Air Force, he's become a legend on social media. Every day, there are posts about his exploits, almost as if he's a guardian angel soaring over the skies of Kiev. One of the photos that I always see of this pilot, it's like something out of Top Gun. It's actually a composite that's done in Photoshop. It's pretty bra- pretty bad job, too, actually. It, it, it turns out whoever did it used the face of a guy named Sam Hyde. Uh, he's an internet comedian that I admittedly know nothing about. The other photo that I commonly see is a pilot whose face is covered with a visor giving a thumbs up. I have yet to see anything, either identifying who the ghost is or evidence of his dramatic exploits and actually shooting down enemy planes. As crazy as it all sounds, it's a common thing that happens at wartime. Urban legends and mythical figures can grow quickly. There are plenty of examples, but I'm going to use one from from the movie, uh, or a movie, uh, Enemy at the Gates. This uh, movie centered on Vasily Zaitsev, played by Jude Law, a Russian sniper in the Battle of Stalingrad, who killed a lot of Germans along the way. Now, in the movie, the man is turned into a legend with exaggerated stories written in the army newspaper to amplify his efforts in the fight. The purpose, of course, is equally psychological in two particular respects. On the one hand, it galvanized fellow Russians to fight harder while also giving the Germans pause into thinking a sniper might be lurking anywhere and everywhere within the city. The movie is largely fictional. I mean, a lot of what happens into the plot, it, it's largely fictional. But Zaitsev himself was actually a real guy and, and was among the deadliest snipers in history. Though the legend around him depicted in the film was based on... actual. It was based on various snipers in real life. The Soviet Red Army at that time was as much in an ideological struggle against Nazi Germany as it was battling for territory on land, sea and air. Psychological warfare was a huge element in that titanic struggle as both sides tried to discredit the other however they could using whatever media tools they had at the time. It's the kind of stuff legends are made of. Only social media can amplify them far faster than in any previous time in history. No matter how much technology people are exposed to or how fast information can spread, we are naturally drawn to legends. Even before we can confirm whether or not they're mythical. For Ukrainians on the ground, I get it. I mean, hope and indignation go hand in hand, given what they're fighting for. Totally makes sense. And they'll take whatever support they can get. That's why Ukrainian civilians and soldiers routinely shoot videos and photos with their phones. I can't be absolutely sure. Of all their motivations, uh, but I think it's fair to say that they want both their own people and the world, including ordinary Russians, to see what the cost is for all involved. It's an admirable thing to do, especially with how dangerous it can be. But I think there's an equal responsibility for those consuming the images and information on social media to try verifying what they're seeing. For instance, we know enough that Russian armored vehicles are painted with white letters, like a Z or Z, a V, or even apparently an X. We also know enough that Russian troops have been wearing white or red armbands while Ukrainian troops wear yellow. This is in part because their respective uniforms are so similar. And I have to admit, since I I don't speak either language, it's the armbands that are helping me figure out who's who. Beyond that, I, I also want to know more about what I was looking at. I mean, for example, I came across a video people were posting on Twitter and TikTok showing what was described as a Russian tank being pelted with Molotov cocktails. The timing mattered because media reports, with plenty of video proving it, showed Ukrainians preparing Molotov cocktails in defense of their cities and homes. But when I dug deeper, I found that that tank video was actually from 2014, when the crisis between Ukraine and Russia first started. Another video showing a massive explosion during daytime turned out to be an accidental Russian gas station explosion from 2016. There's another video of a young girl berating a soldier Uh, That was actually a Palestinian showing her indignation at an Israeli soldier. A video of of Russian rocket launchers firing a barrage toward what was, was purportedly Ukrainian territory turned out to be an exercise from 2019. There was one showing soldiers dancing and celebrating, but that was actually troops from Uzbekistan in 2018. Even video game clips became part of this, with people posting video of gameplay that, while looking pretty realistic, is very obviously not of the fighting in real life. It wasn't hard to clarify that one. I mean, anyone who played those games quickly ruled it out. And it's not like there weren't obvious clues. The one of the Palestinian girl made no sense because she was in a tank top and it looked like it was in the summer. The gas station video didn't add up because the trees all around were all green without a hint of snow. Being skeptical, it, it's perfectly fine, especially on social media, especially on social media. And I always advocate trying to verify something before making up your mind. Fact checking is an important part of good reporting and a way to build trust in media. I do encourage media outlets around the world to publish a lot more of them. But I also think it's a good idea for people to learn some of the tools to do it themselves, too. Here's one way that you can try take a still shot, right? Like just take a, a screenshot of a video and then do a reverse image search and see what comes up. You'll notice if you go to Google or another search engine, there should be an option for images where you can upload the one you have and it could try matching with what's out there on the web. You can also try downloading a video and using a site like Verify with a B to check out where it came from. Oftentimes, you'll come across the origin or maybe even the context of that photo or video. And context really does matter. It's just not about what but also who when where why and how those things are also why it's easier to know what in fact is real footage clips of burnt out vehicles or abandoned vehicles homes hit by enemy fire civilians confronting russian tank crews damaged buildings at certain pitch battles were just easier to verify for me after quick follow-ups i mean some of those videos went viral right away the one of a woman confronting a russian soldier telling him to put sunflower seeds ukraine's national flower of course in his pocket, so that they will grow when he dies on Ukrainian land was not, I mean, it was badass, but it was also incredible for the sheer guts instead stepping up to a heavily armed soldier. You know, that, that footage was taken from a phone. Another that showed a Russian tank rolling over a car during a firefight in a street, surrounded by apartment buildings, was almost surreal to watch. Miraculously, the older dude in the car survived, but the footage also showed three Russian soldiers getting gunned down. I mean, you know, that's how you know, guys. Like, this isn't a video game. It's the real thing, and it's crazy to watch. Uh, I mean, others of people trying to stop tanks by standing in the way on the road were riveting, not to mention the harrowing footage of bodies on both sides lying dead because of a conflict that just seems so senseless. Social social media just, just blasted clips like these. I mean, taken by ordinary Ukrainians, of course, essentially opening a window of the world over the conflict, It's the ubiquity of smartphones that makes everyone capable of capturing these digital records that we're seeing. And the quality of the video is so clear. I mean, we're talking 1080p, 4K. I mean, the lowest you can see in a lot of cases is like 720p. Even 480p is pretty clear. Is that it's easier to decipher certain details. I touched on this in the last episode where I posited that the Syrian civil war was really the first conflict largely recorded by phone. The world just paid less attention over time as it dragged on and on. It's still not officially over 11 years later, by the way. The information war that runs parallel to the fighting on the ground in Ukraine also shows a disconnect between the two sides. Vladimir Putin is 25 years older than Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Ukrainian authorities waste no opportunity to spread their message through social media channels. Much like the average Ukrainian civilian has been doing too. When you're the underdog, you'll take all the social media help you can get. Hence, so much of the content, be it true, false, exaggerated, embellished, whatever, is coming from those supporting Ukraine. Zelensky, who speaks Russian fluently, has shown himself to be a pretty savvy social media user as himself. He's posting speeches, or has posted speeches, aimed directly at both Russian troops and the Russian people. Selfie videos proving he was still in Kiev, contrary to Russian state media claiming he had fled, were probably done to also show his own people that he had their backs. I can only assume, I mean, based on what the reaction has been ever since, I think it may have worked. He he didn't actually tweet this, but his line where he says, the fight is here, I need ammunition, not a ride, may live on in posterity for a long time just because of how much people tweeted it after. The guy has become like a legend already. I don't think I can recall a time when a country's leader went from being barely known across the world to like a superstar status in a matter of days. Now, wars can do that to anyone, I guess. I mean, you know, it can happen, except social media speeds up the process like like nothing else. You know what? Now that I think about it, I mean, social media is like a hill. It, It can push you up to the top or push you over the cliff just as fast either way. Zelensky's soaring popularity came with numerous photos showing him in military garb exclaiming him as a great leader standing by his troops that's not an untrue statement except the photos i saw were older shots from years before the current war no problem posting those but it is worth pointing out the context before you do it you can't say he's on the front line with the troops when the photo's two years old i get it if you mean it in a symbolic sense but it's hard to tell with some social media posts Platforms like Twitter and Facebook came under fire over recent years because of how they handled misinformation, wrestling with the boundaries of what is or isn't considered appropriate. It is a complex topic, to say the least, because it does have implications on things like free speech, but at the same time, we are in somewhat uncharted waters here. Never before in history could anyone around the world make their voices heard for others to see, no matter where they lived. Both companies did remove what they called, quote, covert influence operations unquote found to be pushing anti-ukrainian messaging and spreading pro-russian narratives about the war these disinformation networks which the brands claim originated from russia and crimea were alleged to have created computer-generated faces and identities to make it look like they were columnists covering the war from the ground in kiev and other cities so literally what that you know if you're not sure what that is it's Literally, they're using AI to create to just generate faces out of nowhere, literally, and try to create, try to create identities around those so that it looks like an actual reporter is is covering. I mean, it's just, man, I don't know. It's just crazy. They, for their part, now, these companies, they also targeted hackers uh, that were reportedly from Belarus that were compromising accounts from actual real journalists Military personnel and members of the public to post content that presented a favorable view for Russia in the war. I will say, since these social media companies dropped the hammer on Russia, I've noticed fewer and fewer bots posting since. For those of you who aren't sure what I mean, a bot in this context uh, refers to an automated program or automated programs that that are designed to mimic human behavior on social media. So uh, I'll give you an example. Like they might post something to push a narrative or respond to a post to counter a narrative. You can clue yourself in pretty quickly with you know when you're checking for a few things to make sh- you know, to know whether it is an actual person or a bot. Like one way I do it, I first look at the handle. Like on Twitter, I'll look at the handle at first. If I see a name with a bunch of numbers next to it, I'm like, okay, that's one thing. Uh, then I might look at how many followers they have or how many people they're following. Again, you know, if, if the number is really off, probably is a bot. Uh, If you look at their tweet history or their posting history and you find that all they do is kind of retweet or they just never really post anything themselves, Uh, my experience, nine times out of ten, that's a bot. On Facebook, you'll notice similar clues like they never post any photos or they're otherwise not engaging with anyone. Um, They're not commenting on anything or they're sticking to a certain topic anytime they do comment. Even if an account as a profile photo or something like that, you know, some kind of image to try and identify who the user is. You know, why not do a reverse image search on that image, on that whatever that image is, and just see whether it belongs to someone else. That might clue you in that you know it may not be a real person. Bots and all the stuff we've seen, bots and all the stuff we've seen on social media these days are not new. They've been going on for years. And whenever something is trending, you're bound to see the bots come out. I mean, they came out in droves leading up to this war, and they grew further once Russia invaded. I'm comfortable enough to work my way through all that noise and would like to see these big tech companies do a little more, at least a flag, when an image is manipulated or fake. Twitter did delete some accounts, posting both misinformation and manipulated images that turned out to be bots anyway. That video clip Remember that video game clip I mentioned earlier? Uh... That that that's one example of footage that actually that Twitter started to crack down on. So if you know, you see it out there, they, they may they may pull it down because of that. Uh, Twitter also started putting warning labels on accounts for reporters and columnists who work for Russian state run media outlets. I mean with that in mind, it'd kinda of be nice to see a label that tells people an image or a clip might have been doctored. Or at least it's just from a different time or place. So it might be a real thing, but it just obviously the time is off or the location's off. Other users do police that to some degree, like especially when you see someone responding uh, and, and pointing out you know those uh, discrepancies themselves. I mean, that's a, it's great for a free exchange of ideas unto itself, but not everyone understands the technology of how Photoshopped images or deep fake videos actually work. You can report a tweet if you know it's got an, in- an inaccurate image, though sometimes just pointing that out in a response may be enough. Some social media accounts focus on fact-checking and debunking. I do like those. Uh, Snopes is one. Uh, News agencies like Reuters and Associated Press also have specific fact-checking accounts. Check them out. Or, you know, look for others. Maybe, you know, just maybe they'll they'll, they'll add some context for the content that isn't what it necessarily appears to be. Of course, the fog of war applies to more than just wars. But I do feel like this conflict is a teaching moment because so many eyes are on it right now. It's also worth noting that it's not the only war currently going on. Saudi Arabia continues to bomb Yemen. There's also still fighting in Syria, Libya, Afghanistan, Ethiopia, Sudan, and tension in various other countries. No shortage of bad news out there, unfortunately. We know that social media often divides as much as it unites people. You know, like trolling, gaslighting, virtue signaling, it's all out there. It goes with the territory, I, I suppose, but it sometimes acts as a pretty good source of information especially when vetted for accuracy it is a pretty heavy topic uh, all in all and i know that it's hard to cover it in its entirety in a fairly short time I, I hope though that this has given you some food for thought into looking at the various images that are coming out in what is fast becoming a pretty significant humanitarian crisis uh it's not the only one around the world so it doesn't mean that we have to look at it purely in a vacuum when it comes to social media there's social media coverage of some of those other conflicts that I mentioned as well that are currently going on but you know uh, it's something that we are going to be looking at here at Technologic and for that my time's about up here so it's my cue to go but uh, you can always follow us at uh, Instagram and Twitter at technologic underscore cast Uh, It'd be great to hear from you, and if you want to send us an email with some suggestions or comments, feedback, whatever it is that you have in your mind, you can always reach out to us at talk at technologic.com. Talk, T-A-L-K at technologic.com. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time.